Uh, good evening and uh, welcome to the Rugby Report Card for another week. Um, we thought it was imperative that we, um, paramount if you will, that we touch base with you in the lead up to the quarterfinals and uh, give our final thoughts on the pool games. James? Look, once every four years needs an extra podcast mm. and that is what's about to happen. Quite right, James, yeah. quite right. Yeah, you look um, dashing. Thank you, James. Thank you, James. That red wine suits you. Um, unfortunately, we don't have uh, our good friend Richard with us here this evening, but no. we will try and contact him at some point. Yeah, we're going to give him a ring to see if he answers. He was off the idea. To get his thoughts on the uh, long-standing historic rivalry between Australia and England. He needs is... to be here, man. Yeah, look, we thought we'd try and class this one up a bit because yeah. that last one, we apologise. You know that anxiety you get when you drink? A lot. And you wake up the next day just thinking everyone hates me. And thinking, what the fuck did I say? Yeah. Well, we recorded what we said. Why did I say that th- those things to that elderly woman on the way home? <laughs> just shit like that. And I was like, fuck. I even messaged the dude to go take the podcast down, man. I, I can't. It's too much for me to handle. So if you thought it was a bit shouty uh, and a bit off the rails, we apologise if you enjoyed it. It sounds like you'd like a night out with us. You sound like a good sport. <laughs> the type of person would like to have a beer with. Um, so thank you for enduring it. But we did think um, we're actually we're actually together. Um, what? Send, well, we're here tonight. The oh. reason we're doing this podcast, Jim, I don't want to bang you. <laughs> <laughs> um, the reason we're here tonight is we're actually sending out our next round of rugby report card shirts, which we've just put in the post box. Yeah. So if you've ordered one, they're on their way, and we're actually. Uh, even more exciting, perhaps. Not for the motherfuckers getting their shirts. That's really exciting. Um, but for us, we're sipping a, a delicious red wine. Yeah, look, Vern from the cellar doors at the airport, a keen AB supporter. He's been shouted out by his mate, mate Mr. Roberts. First name Luke from memory. I think his name's Luke Roberts. Um, Tell the yarn, Jim. It's actually, it's a good yarn. Well, if you remember back to like, well, I don't know, it was fucking ages ago, like two months ago. I went to Melbourne and I just got blind off the free samples of the wine selectors that are at the domestic airport. The dude was just like, thought he had me hook, line and sinker. And what I'll name were you running? Huh? What name were you? You <laughs> told him you were Richard for sure. No, well, they called me, so I gave him my right name. And um, I just, like, he fully thought he had me, so he kept opening new bottles, giving me tastes, and when I wasn't sure about ones, he'd get me go back. I got fucked up, and then he was like, sign here, sign here, sign here. I gave him all my details because I was too deep. And I just ran the line, look, man, I'm just about to buy a house, and I can't have this on my report, so call me and we'll fix it up later. Just, I need this to settle first, man. Surely you understand. I'm struggling here. And then they just didn't fucking stop ringing, man. And I think once they rang during the podcast. They rang during the podcast and I was just so off them because they were relentless, like two times a day, just would not stop calling. And I was just like, dude, these they just keep fucking calling me. Take the hint. Shorty 38 unanswered calls means I don't want you fucking wine. <laughs> and, and then someone who listens to the podcast, I think, works for them or knows them somehow and thought it was hilarious, man, so they... They, they took my number off the thing and they sent us a case of wine. And it's fucking outstanding. It's delicious. Wine. And that's what we're drinking right now. So cheers to you. Cheers. Um, but we just wanted to shout out Vern and the Cellar Doors, the, the AB supporter, who, of course, fucking who knows if he's even from there. He's just like to back a winning team. I, I tell you what, 
that's the shit that makes doing this podcast worthwhile. I'll take the Twitter heat. I'll take I'll take not getting paid a cent. I'll take annoying the missus. If you get a funny photo of someone in your shirt, or yeah, you get some that shit proper makes me happy, man. Who's willing to send you a case of wine because he likes what you do? Yeah. So thanks, man. I'm I'm in for you. I went back to work this week, and everyone's like, "I saw you on that show. I saw you. Oh my god, what was that shirt you were wearing? It was so fucking bright." They didn't like the shirt. No, they just, it was just stood out, man. Have you seen that photo? Everyone's in these dark, dim colours, and I'm just in this ripping shirt looking shredded. To quote the last podcast, Jim, the cheekers love it. The cheekers love it. And someone's like, a couple of people talking about how tight my pants are. I bought those pants before I was squatting 300 kilos, man. Of course, they're tight. I haven't seen you squat for five years, man. <laughs> yeah, my knee's bang, man. When I squat, it's not, though. Um, anyway, welcome to the podcast. It is kind of you know what it, it actually probably the quarterfinals is in all seriousness the best the best weekend of rugby every four years because i think by the time the semis come around if your team's in it you're fucking gray and you've had seven heart attacks and you want to murder the ref and his children if your team's not in it you're so devastated from the week before quarterfinals you get the eight best teams playing each other it's fucking amazing. Yeah. Usually on neutral territory. Obviously, the eight, there'll be one. Yeah, the eight most deserving teams. Fucking which is great. slogging it out in quarterfinal rugby. Um, it is a little bit of a downer, though, because I can't believe we're 40 games down. They haven't been... That was a very busy two weeks. Fucking holy shit. They're gone. But the brilliance of the quarterfinals is... I don't know. I think everyone gets their kick, but everyone's like looking for the, the upset, right? And they, they never know which game to tune in for, for that upset. And where we were spoilt in this game is fucking everyone with a beating, beating heart tuned into that Scotland and Japan game. That was... Where you rewind the clock four or eight years, man, I reckon you're lucky to get a couple of canines viewing. Mm. Did you but, go the the plumbing but and it was just so good that that was like the epitome like the whole rounds the pool games just were finished off with it, that it was it was as if a writer had written the world cup and had constructed and i mean obviously murakami man murakami did a short story on this motherfucker yeah and i yeah there's no tomfoolery here the typhoon was serious people lost their lost their lives but in terms of the drama why are you bringing the, that up well, in terms of the drama of it, the fucking game almost gets called off. Oh, Scotland right, yeah. threatened to sue. Yeah. Other games are cancelled. Is it going to be on? Is it going to be off? Yeah. They beat Ireland. Holy shit. That's some Missouri shit, eh? That is. That's fucking wild, man. Like, it is. And the, the players are like heroes. Mm. Like, the winger, the 5A, that, that prop who comes on with the blonde hair is something that's straight out of a comic book. Yeah, yeah. Like the story of that Scotland. He played Japan really well game. when he came on for Ireland, that fucking blonde prop. Against Ireland. Yeah, when yeah, he came on against yeah, Ireland, yeah. yeah. Same against Scotland, yeah. The. That was. Good to have on your bench. Rugby aside, like the actual game, which was about as good a game as rugby as you'll see, uh, it, that, that story was incredible. You, mm. can't, you, can't, you can't script that shit. Yeah. Unless you're Scottish. Yeah. Because it fucking hurts. The whole world wanted you to lose, man. And you fucking did. <laughs> and the whole <laughs> kick it up a stink. Yeah. And 
And you almost came back. <laughs> it would really hurt. And after the last World Cup, yeah. definitely not losing yeah. to Australia. You should have been in the semis. <laughs> <laughs> that would hurt if you're Scottish right now. But, you know, put a kilt on and push on. Yeah, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. There's not many people in that country. Cause... Yeah, <laughs> all of all of the world wanted Japan. There's <laughs> in Japan. <laughs> 53 million Japanese people t- tuned in. How That's, incredible is that? Dude, they're just a community over there. Like, I don't know too much about it. You've been there 80 million times or something. It's, it is. But do they all just get on? It is. To visit, it's the most incredible place ever. Yeah. Like, you look at that Melbourne Storm dude, man, who just went over to Bali and lit dudes up. You, you never see a Japanese shit. dude doing <laughs> you that. You don't get that shit in Japan. <laughs> um, and I, yeah, it's just incredible. And I think it's almost like Japanese culture is rubbing off on world rugby. Wouldn't that be cool? Like, you've got the Canadian players helping out with typhoon recovery. You've got the players cleaning up the dressing sheds. You've got fans cleaning the stadium at the end of the game. You've got players bowing. Like, the, the, we've picked up the best parts of Japanese culture and ran with them and adopted them into the best game in the world. Does this happen if it's not played on Japanese soil? I just think wherever it's played, you consume a bit of that culture. And, and it becomes part of what the brand of rugby is at the moment and that's fucking awesome if it's Japanese culture. Yeah. In terms of the game, Scotland, Japan, um, Japan, that first 40 minutes is about as good as a rugby team could play. 78% possession, discipline immaculate, set piece, um, lineouts was the only question mark, scrum was dominant. Ruck was dominant. How good was the kickoff? The first initial kickoff. The squib. Just went the like cheeky squib. Handling. Balls, How's man. the fucking handling? Yeah. I'm so used to Super Rugby commentators telling us about the dew on the grass. These fucking cats were juggling it. I don't want to keep making the link with the association of the Sun Wolves, but that's the type of rugby that they play, man. They're a throw. They're an opportunistic. They're a rubber the green, a bounce of the ball team who just will put points on that way. I, t- I tweeted And if it. they get to an early lead, and this is like the Sun Wolves, if they're going to be competitive, they need to lead early. And they did, and they fucking held on, thanks to the blonde prop. Uh, and I tweeted it. They are playing the type of rugby Australia wants to play. Eyes up. Balls in hand, don't kick away much territory, don't play the set piece, don't even care what the opposition's doing. Mm. Retain the ball, mm. run hard, put it through the hands. Mm. Look for an offload once you get tackled. Yeah, it's that retention and it's that, all right, next job mentality. But how Jamie Joseph has got the skills where they need to be, oh, the fitness. Surely he's riding on the back of Eddie Jones, somewhat. I don't. I, Jamie Joseph has done fucking heaps. Mate, but Eddie Jones set a very nice platform for him. Yeah, Eddie Jones, I reckon, went in there and fucking kicked ass. And then I think Tony Brown and Jamie Joseph need a lot of credit. The brand of rugby they're playing is... The only comparison is Australia wants to play like that or New Zealand do play like that. Mm. In saying this, they're going to get their asses kicked this week. Oh, they're going to get fucking hammered. Thanks for coming. It was awesome. It was beautiful. This is the ultimate redemption match for South Africa. What are you in 50? At least. <laughs> At least. Anyone talking Japan's got a chance, your highs are cut. Mm. There's no chance. You're way off. And I'd yeah. love to see. Send your fucking snapshots of your sports a bit, man. Let me see how honest or how actually. Yeah, how, how on yeah. Japan are you? How committed are you yeah. to this? Yeah. Throw, us, throw us your sports bet account. Let us see. <laughs> I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. Um, all right. Beautiful game of rugby. Scotland, they punched back, man. They counted. They started playing. What I thought with Scotland was they started playing rugby with 20 minutes to go. 
They stopped the fucking box kicks. I was never really into their tactics, like with the 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 fifty fifty kicks to the winger, which worked for them. But they just needed to keep it tight. Wear so them as out. soon as they started playing, it was like, oh, I think they're the better team here. Yeah. But guys, you can't show up with twenty to go. No. Japan had thrown the kitchen sink, and you couldn't take it. Needed to have done that earlier. Yeah. So a, a beautiful game of rugby, an absolute awesome well officiated. Way. Well officiated too. I disagree. No, I, don't know. I was just trying to be neutral. I'm trying to say something nice after I was yeah. running a trainer yeah, and everyone. I just want to see the fucking announcement of the Wallaby Well, ref. can I shit on this refereeing? I think O'Keefe is the right ref for Japanese rugby because he lets anything go. So that fast-paced rugby, it can work. Mm. And Scotland didn't counter. No. When they last 20 minutes, they started counter-rucking and a huge success because Ben O'Keefe doesn't give a fuck about the rules at the breakdown. But it's, that He lets anything go and it builds a good game of rugby. That seems to be fan. consistent across all of the referees. Yeah. Maybe not all of them, but a majority of the games, it's loosey-goosey. Very consumed with foul play. Couldn't yeah. give a yeah. fuck about, set, uh, about the ruck or yeah. the offside line. Come from line. the side, come from the top, whatever, man. Just Stay on your feet, whatever. Just leave the hell alone. Just do not touch someone on the head. Um, all right, moving into the quarters, we will talk about the officials chosen for the Australia-England game. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, but the, I guess the comment I'd have, um, and after just stroking Japan's ego there and talking up the Bockies, and I still think Bockies are right up there, fucking call a spade a spade, mate. One half of the quarterfinals, whoever comes through that's winning the World Cup. Australia, New Zealand, England, Ireland. So you're committed to whoever out of those four. I, I, I will. There's nothing I wouldn't bet on that the winner comes from that side. What's the other side? Let's let's fucking let's throw it out there. France are not winning the World Cup. Of course not. Japan are not winning the quarterfinal. Oh, Jesus Christ, of course not. No. France are not winning the World Cup. Yeah. The Bockies maybe, but they've already lost convincingly to New Zealand. Not convinced that yeah. they can win it. Um, the other side of the draw, Ireland on their day have beaten the All Blacks. England, I've comfortably got sitting at number two behind the All Blacks. The All Blacks, head and shoulders, best in the world. Australia, we're playing like AIDS, but we have beaten the Kiwis this year. On our day, which happens, I don't know, once every 15 years these days, but on our day, we're a good side. I can't see the other side of the pool threatening. But other than the I just think by the same notion you're giving Australia to be able to beat New Zealand, it's the same fucking thing. No, we on got their Jeff, day, Jeff Buckley's mate. On their day, South Africa could beat them, and on their day, England could beat them. Yeah, and that's why I'm and saying. I think England. the Ireland of old, it fucking annoys me that Ireland peaked two years ago. They were just a very good side. I want to see that team play New Zealand this year. That, Wouldn't that be a fucking encounter? They're not that team anymore, and New Zealand's evolved too. But yeah, yeah. And they just, that's what makes them the best. Yeah. So why don't we... we are two years later and they are still very, very fucked. With those sort of broad comments, Ed, why don't we preview each and then I'll, I'll try and give Dick a buzz. Yeah. Um, we'll give Dick a buzz first because let's do Australia because that's the order in which it occurs. And we uh, usually start from the top. Australia v... I'm England. fucking sweating, man. I'm nervous now. I'm just talking about this shit. Do uh, uh, you remember the whales? I went home the whales test, man. Vow of silence. Yeah, we were supposed to podcast, and Richard was sitting there making some polite comments. Well, I actually think, well, I think it's gonna get the fuck out of my house, man. Yeah, here's where the, I don't know if this is controversial or not, but I, if we lose, man, I'm happy if they just were a better team than us. Yeah. If it's a fucking red card for a fucking stray toe to the fucking earlobe, yeah. I'm not interested. And in on form, shit. they are a better team than us. If they just come out and out players, but we still do some things right. 
I'll be hurting. I'll still cry myself to sleep. But at least a week later I could understand. Please don't make it officiating. I reckon there's some genuine hate between the two too. Australia and England. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do you Checker and Eddie, it's all going down. All right, I'm going to give Richard a buzzer. He actually doesn't know this is happening. No, so. no. Come on, Richard. Come on, mate. Put him on speaker. Oh, I'm just turning it down, not up. Hey, mate, you're actually live on the podcast right now. How are you? Do you have two minutes? Yeah, far away. All right. We can't do Australia v England and you not throw your two cents It'd be criminal not to have your perspective. Australia or England, give us your thoughts. Underhill and Curry aren't as well known, man. Pocock is a fucking there's a bounty on him. But with that said, both teams have picked traditional fetches. Completely. So that's why I don't know whether it'll nullify both of us or whether it will just whether uh, the aforementioned reason that James said in terms of Pocock being a, a well known person, whether he'll be highlighted more and pinged more. I don't know. England, yes, we pick fetches, but there's also the fact that um, the whole idea that everybody's supposed to get over the ball and jackal. Um, I think I'm excited by the game, but also it's irrespective of whether it's been a quarterfinal. I'm always nervous going into. You nervous? We're sweating thinking about it. Yeah, no. I think the the thing will also be is depending on on gameplay. You know, um, I saw your tweet the other day about Northern Hemisphere teams just kicking the ball. I think England do have a, a have, have a, a bit more flair than maybe some of the other Northern Hemisphere. And teams. you know what? I actually think that works against England. I think Australia's Achilles heel, our Achilles heel is just play traditional rugby and we haven't beaten a team playing set piece, kick your corners, box kick, challenge the fullback in in 10 years. I agree with that. It'd be interesting to see how we actually do because in the last game, I know against Argentina, we kicked the ball away too many times. And, um, but we obviously look to play in the right areas. As you've heard me say before on the podcast, you know, it's all about playing in the right areas and our defence has been great. Our rush defence against three teams that have not been at the strongest has shown really well. So if we go back to the original game plan of box kicks, kick the, kick the corners and put line out on scrum time under pressure, um, I think we really did, will do well and it will win. But if we try and compete with you and try to go a bit wider and be a bit more flurry and go out the back, because you know that's going to happen, um, and it'll be, be, be tighter. So uh, we just have to wait and see. I'm, I'm excited, but ultimately very nervous as well. What do you think about the um, the fact that England have only played three games, advantage or disadvantage? Um, I know. Uh, I actually think it's a bit of a disadvantage. Um, I understand that the whole rule about being rested and, and top-level international rugby is about being... Um, rested and trying to recover and focus on the team and, and obviously Eddie Jones has had a long time to, to think about planning for this game but actually I don't think three in inverted commas easy games because obviously the contest was lost in the last game and then the two um, tier two nations um, I actually don't think um, it actually benefits us because actually if you look at England over the last few years 
um, when they've been put under pressure and when the game plan has been questioned. England are not very good at um, thinking on their feet. So you reckon they're a little underdone? So I actually think they're a little underdone. However, if Australia win, that's 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 not an excuse. You can't use it as an excuse. If um, whatever happens, happens, and um, I, I, I won't. I, yeah, I'm not going to have it as being as a as a reason that's going to massively advantage us. But I don't think it helps. But it's not going to be an excuse if we lose. All right, quick fire questions. I'm going to go different parts of the game. Tell me who's going to be dominant. All right, ready? Scrum time. I actually quick. think England will be dominant. All right, more. Uh, England. Line out. I don't think there will be a dominant team. Ruck. Uh, England. Tactical kicking. Definitely England. Attacking rugby. Probably Australia. Defence. Uh, England, I would say. Goal kicking. Oh, Owen Farron in the last game proved that actually Timmer was better than him, so hopefully he's feeling a bit better and again England. Uh, tactical kicking. You've already done that. Yeah. So you got England pretty comfortable. Any other things I'm missing here? The thing is about that. Off the is bench. I say England, but I, I say that with some of them. I know you say dominant. I don't actually say that. that that's that. that yeah, you're talking 55, 45. You're not talking yeah, 70, Yeah, And there's usually patriotism that comes through. Hmm. Who do you think wants it more? Uh, I, don't, I think both teams are want it equally the same. I don't think you could ever say to a professional athlete that one person wants it more than the other. I think that's be a disservice to the fact, to the to the players, really. Nah, Australia want it more. Man. I reckon we want it even more. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, in all, all 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 rivalry aside, or all I don't know, trying to prepare myself for the loss. I agree with everything you said. I'm actually tipping England by by five here. And you know what? If you've listened to this podcast, if you've been a long-time listener, I think I've backed Australia probably every game against England. Yeah, but is this actually you trying to be reverse psychology that you backed Australia every time and you've lost the last six, <laughs> and then this time in the one game that really matters, because let's be honest, the previous six were all glorified friendlies, really, in the one game that really matters, that it, you build to a crescendo and you back the other team under the proviso that they're going to suddenly prove you wrong and, and win and you go How, to a semi-final. Ours is podcast, just battle of the pessimism here. <laughs> all of us just doubting our team's capability. I, I don't know. I think you'd be crazy. England have got the form going into this. And have been a lot they, more consistent. They, 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 they. See, I, I actually, uh, how, can you, how, how can you qualify that? You played against three, three games that were non-competitive. So how can you actually quantify that? Give us your power rankings then. Top World Cup teams, obviously. No, no, no. I, I'm, not dis- I'm not disagreeing with a power ranking. I'm not disagreeing with that. What I'm disagreeing with is, is form coming into it. They've just, yeah, I mean, granted, they haven't looked amazing in any of them, um, but they're undefeated. Yeah, well, again, Australia could have beaten Tonga and um, USA and an Argentina team down to 14. So uh, I think you're you're touching at straws and and probably giving a greater amount of kudos to the England team than what it is at the moment. But as we said before, you went through a number of you went through a a number of aspects of the game and I do slightly edge England but one thing you didn't mention which I forgot to mention earlier on is I actually think one of the biggest things will actually be um, restarts um, get out of jail so from the top of the line out so clearing lines uh, which I always believe that that's probably one of the, the, the fourth set piece really um, and it will be it depends whoever does that because um, I think both goal line defences will be really strong but it's um, it's those restarts and get out of jail plays I think will be the biggest do you want to put a bet down? Who do you think is going to have a blinder? Who's going to change this game? Throw us a name. Either team. Uh, that's a tough one. 
Someone who's going to absolutely change the game, um, I would say probably. So I'm going to give you one from uh, from every aspect. I would say Karevi and Tuolangi. That's a battle. I know they're in slightly different positions, but that's a battle that I'm going to be looking forward to, to seeing. Um, and then, um, we should be, either if those two get on the front foot, I think they'll be the ones that be the game changers. And um, within the forwards, I believe Bonaparte is potentially. I read today that he is going to be fit. Um, so oh shit. Um, so I actually feel that he will be the one that will that will um, uh, will be the game changer because I'll just use him as a dummy runner if necessary. Because um, uh, obviously a lot of a lot of um, attention is drawn to him. Uh, but also I think the type five will do uh, particularly. And uh, has been very good in the last few games as well. Um, and I think um, he's uh, he'll be he'll be epic on the day as well. Right, my my hunch to be dominant in this game is going to be daily. I just think he's going he's on fire. Yeah, but it depends how you shut him down. If you kick loosely to him, then yes, I think he'll read the space and he'll counteract every time, counter attack every time. Um, if you kick well to if you, if you chase well, I think that nullifies it. But the problem is Australia haven't kicked and chased well recently. So well, I'm going to say something crazy. I think if Australia wins this, it's we dominate in the halves, which is ridiculous given that we we have no idea who our halves combination is. Um, but I think whoever they go with, which looks like White and Leofano, and maybe Genia and Tamur on the bench. Um, I just as an England fan, I, I, I would be more scared, in inverted commas, if you had a, uh, if you had Genia playing nine, but I've said that all the way from the beginning. I think he's such a uh, good player. What are your thoughts on him playing at nine and Nick White in fact? Com- I still agree with you completely. I just think Genia's old. For lack of a better term, he he just gets tired and starts making poor decisions, or starts taking that extra step at the breakdown. But I, I agree with you. For for when he's on, he's second best halfback in the world behind Aaron Smith. What, what, but you only get that for twenty minutes. You don't get yeah, it for eighty I, I, anymore. I that. Yeah, yeah, I would give you that absolutely. Jim, you've stayed very quiet. Who are your game changers? Oh, fuck, man, I don't know. I didn't know this was coming. I sort of face out of it here. <laughs> Neither did I, mate. This is uncharted territory for all of us. Um, but I'm excited yeah. for it. Well, why don't we, we just race through the other quarters and then we'll, we'll leave you be because you did say, you know, you're, you're pretty busy tonight and then we rang you anyway. Um, yeah. <laughs> so really quickly, New Zealand, Ireland, who's going to win? How much? Um, I really want this to be a close game, but I actually don't think it will be. I think New Zealand will probably uh, uh, ramp up their game. Um, I do obviously think that they're missing a game. Obviously, the same reason as England probably doesn't help them, but they're so good. Um, and I just think there's, there's there's a lot of negativity. Johnny Sexton was talking about it. He's surprised about it. But if, I, if I'm asking to put money on it, I'm always going to put New Zealand, and I'd probably put uh, put them by probably 15. Well, um, what was Johnny Sexton talking about? They were saying there's a lot of negativity around the Irish camp at the moment in terms of media attention towards it because obviously that he said that in his opinion he said they played really well by around 60 minutes in the Japanese game. And, Bitch, and please, you lost to Japan. You what, sorry? Bitch, please, you lost to Japan. Yeah, I know. You've got to wear it that, 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 that 60 minutes has, um, has changed their, their outcome because let's be honest, no disrespect to Wales, um, if they're in that other half, you back Ireland to potentially get to a final. Whereas, Do you agree um, with me that one half of the quarters is the winning half, and the other half is just only South no, Africa? No, I would actually, I would counter that actually slightly. I think the other, this this half is the half that we're both in is so strong. I actually think if you finally get to the final, um, there's an argument that's to say that you might peter out at the end because every game is a, is a, is a, is a cracker of a game and you've got to play your best back-to-back um, and 
ways. The other half, potentially if you're South Africa, you can, and no disrespect to Japan, but I expect South Africa to beat them up front. Oh, we're to do that. It sounds quite disrespectful. I think that theory only works if South Africa beat Japan and Wales convincingly. I'm not even giving France a chance. Yeah, no. But, I actually give France a chance because I, I do think they're maverick and they'll, they'll, they'll they potentially they turn up. There's there's arguments in the camp and suddenly everything gels and they they suddenly win comfortably. Uh, however, I, I I do expect Wales to win. But I've pissed off Welsh people question. throughout this whole World Cup. I think Wales yep. are shit. Um, they, they've think, never impressed me. Yeah, but unfortunately they're they're gonna grind it out. You know, if if the true France turn up, they could lose. But you know, obviously we don't know. They, they beat France. We all expect them. I expect them to beat France, um, and then they go into the next round and they have every chance to beat South Africa. Wales could get to a final. Fuck off! Fits. Wales could beat South Africa. Wales. That's a crazy sentence. Wales get to a final, Richard. I yeah. will. I yeah. will teach ten of your periods. Oh, I'm excited by that. I will choose my favourite ten. <laughs> Make it five. I'm nervous now. No, 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 no. You said ten. I'm, I'm, it's, it's clearly this is being recorded. I've heard you say that you're going to teach ten of my periods. I'll say this, Jim. Um, last one, Japan, South Africa. Yeah, I've just said I think South Africa will win. I think South Africa will win out front. I think their rush defence will be good. I think they'll win by probably in double figures again. Um, I don't think it will be. I think... I thought Japan. I think Japan have climbed their mountain, there, uh, and, and I think South Africa will win this. They won revenge for the last World Cup as well. Um, all right. Before we let you go, thank you for answering and putting up with us. Um, any other comments before we let you go? Uh, can I just say, actually, coming into this, I'm, I'm really excited by this weekend, and I really hope that as the excitement builds, these games don't let us down, and whatever happens, that this game that both teams don't try to nullify each other. And I know that sounds a stupid comment because I really value the idea of possession game and kicking corners and stuff like that. But I hope it's I hope it's allowed to be a game. And I don't I don't mean about cards or anything like that. But I hope both teams play to their potential. And it's do you agree just... more than anything? You hope that whoever wins outperforms the other side as opposed yeah, to the I yellow mean, or yeah. red card. Yeah, not even a red or a yellow card. That someone makes a stupid a mistake or something, but both teams don't crack under the pressure. But we get high quality rugby, um, just and the best team comes out. That's how we. That's, that's how we open the podcast, which was we don't mind losing if we're outplayed for eighty minutes, but play some good footy. Yeah, absolutely. It, I, don't it, know what, I don't mind what that brand is. I, I value, as I said, all the, the kick chase and what have you, and I value that. But as long as it's good rugby, then then that's then that's exciting for me. And let's. If you've got any, if you're Eddie Jones, surely that's the blueprint to beat Australia. We we don't have an answer to it. Well, that's the whole reason why he's played Ford and Farrell. I think you know Ford demonstrated in the Argentina game, even when we had they only had fourteen men, he was still kicking to the corners and kicked very well to the corners. Actually, I've, I've shot at him a few times, but he kicked very well, and I think that that mindset will probably will, will, will roll over into that quarterfinal. Awesome. All right, well, thanks for uh, thanks for having us. Yeah, that was quite professional. You've done very well there, dude. You've classed this up. <laughs> yeah, well, to be fair, it's, uh, I'm sure it was much funnier and more entertaining beforehand, so you can go back to being that now, yes? No, no, no. It was it was going off the rails. So thanks, mate. I'll see you tomorrow. All right, gotcha. All right, well, Jesus, just us now. I hope, that, I hope that's audible. I've never done that before. I hope no, that I hope that he's audible because he was dropping knowledge. Yeah, he fucking, I mean, like he wasn't prepared, man. He dropped doing the dishes. And he I saw him taking it. notes today. Was he? He was taking notes. Yeah. He knew that was coming. Yeah, he thinks about it, but which is great. Um, it's, it's funny, though, isn't it? Both, both camps, and I'm sure all of the fans and punters out there are doing the same thing, preparing themselves for a loss. 
quietly in their quiet moments giving up their atheism and praying for a win. But I think that's how you deal with big situations. Like, I imagine when you get married, you think about, oh, she's not showing up, surely. <laughs> surely she's not showing up. It's no different to that. It's, it is a fucking barnstorming weekend of rugby, mate. In terms of, do we want to, do you have any other thoughts for those other games? I mean, I, I agree entirely with Richard's uh, predictions. Me too. New Zealand Island, I'm unexcited because Ireland, we know, have beaten them, but they've they got fucking no chance, right? Ireland have absolutely no chance. The <laughs> fact that there's negativity around their camp too does not bode well for them. And I'm going to say, I don't think Australia are for fucking open hell either. I reckon this is going to be a... This could be a bad, bad loss. If not the word... Oh, Japan's playing. It, it's going to be a bad loss. I think Wales... Ah, fuck yeah. Fuck your negativity. Go the Aussies. The Wallabies are going to get this done. We're going to play front foot football. I get it, man. I get it. That's cute. It's nice. It is cute. And you know what annoys me is Checker had a conference and he said what that idiot has said for the last five years, which was, how are you going to uh, dismantle England's amazing defence and their rush defence? And have you looked at their kicking game? And Checker's reply was, nah, mate, I haven't actually given much thought to what they're doing. Doesn't much bother us. We just shouldn't play our game. How about, for once, consider what the fuck they're doing? Because maybe that helps. Maybe that's half your job, man. I don't know how Ray Lane just doesn't ring him up going, dude. Ray Lane has looked at the books and realised, and this flower thing hurts, <laughs> we can't check it, we're cooked. So I think, mate, whatever you want, Jamie, Joseph, whatever you want after this game, I really hope Australia get this done. And I think we all know, talent-wise, Australia on their day can do it. We, that day is almost mythical at this point. Yeah. It's almost mythical. It's almost something you once heard about in stories. We're not a good team, man. And no. to think that we are is wrong. Ah, fuck your negativity. It's wrong. It's wrong. Crazy. I'm not saying we can't win this game. We've got a 0% chance. I'm just saying we're not a good team and we can't play 80 minutes of great rugby. We can't do it. It's either we get a lead or we stay within five and have a fucking better 20-minute patch in the second half than they do. You know what, that's probably the one thing we didn't address with Richard is who takes the lead. I actually think Australia in the lead uh, disallows England to play, in lack of a better term, and I don't mean this to be derogatory, but uh, disallows them to play negative rugby. They have to play aggressive rugby to catch Australia. If they try and play offensive out-the-back rugby, I think they're playing to our hands. If they take a lead and it's 6-0, I think we're up shit creek without a paddle because they can dominate the game. I reckon Eddie Jones is better than that and he's got plan for whatever situation might eventually. Fuck Eddie. Um, New Zealand Island, we've done that. New Zealand win comfortably. Easy. Easy. Wales, France. Don't ask me that again, man. (laughs) You're annoyed. Wales, France could be be the most competitive game of, of all the quarters. Yeah, I threw France down the river only moments ago, but... France were my hidden gem. I'd love them to get up. I'm not a big fan of Wales in general. Because they beat us? They beat us. and I think it's they beat us. <laughs> and I don't, I don't love watching them play. I don't love it. The style of rugby that they've worked on, I don't love watching. I'd rather watch every other team at this point. I don't disagree too much with that. Um, in terms of who's going to win, 
I don't know, man. It's almost cliche to say France play with flair and France are unpredictable. They fucking are unpredictable. They are atrocious yeah. for 15 minutes. Then all of a sudden they're the All Blacks for 10. Yeah. They're very, they're an enigma. Um, so I don't know who's going to win that. I, I would say if Wales do their things right and Gatlin's good enough, Wales could get it done. I mean, you mentioned you were like, how fucking good is Gatlin? Gatlin's been coaching this team for 15 years, man. Over a 15-year period, you have highs, you have lows. This is as high as they've ever been. No, I think the uh, World Cup in New Zealand, where Warburton got the red. Is that New Zealand? Yeah. Just making that shit up. I had them. They were red hot. I remember I had a bet on them to make the final. Mm. And then that fucking red card. And ruined everything. Yeah, they were real fucking, good. They were that, real good that year. Isn't that a tale? Yeah. The argument for the people who liked the cards said there's not been tip tackle since. It took a final in a, in a rugby tournament just to get players to get the hint. Maybe if that happens with the head highs, players will get the hint. Yeah, exactly. I disagree, though. I think the margin to do a tip tackle is you actually need to intend to do a tip tackle 99 times out of 100. Head high, I, I, most of them I don't think the intent's to go high. Yeah, because battle on the ground, man, that contact on the ground when you're trying to win territory once you've been tackled... Part of that is acknowledging you're going to get tackled and hit the ground before it's they dropping your body height yeah. to try and win the contact. Exactly. And it changes everything. And then even clean outs. If refs don't move the player who's off his feet, players are going to move the player. Yeah. So if and you're they're on the prayer, ground, it's if very If you're saying hard. a prayer at all this weekend, you're praying that fucking officiating doesn't intervene with a great fucking weekend of rugby last one Japan said that we've already touched on that the fairy tale's over but they've had their story I wish I was South African man you're two weeks away from heartbreak <laughs> we're five days <laughs> we got five days left you've got two weeks um, any other comments you'd like to add Jim nah that's all G man but we'll be back next week to do it midweek yeah, it, you, you know, preview. Australia wins. We will get Richard on here the day after yeah but I will encourage you to send us your sports bet if you've backed your pen. Yeah, just take a screenshot, set us through. Let's let's root for everyone. Let's see where that goes. If England win, eh, it might take us a little while. I need to get over it. It's going to hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it'll be a social media blackout. It'll be a delayed podcast. Yeah. Yeah. What's great about it, though, is... I just won't reply to your text, I won't speak to you, I won't speak to Richard, I'll turn the TV off, won't open social media. And it's like it never fucking happened. Yeah. It's like it never happened. And if you're Irish, um, join us for a bit. Because you'll be out too. Yeah, you're done. You're done. Um, and we can all just kick back and, and, and have a schooner. Yeah, I'll be at Scruffy Murphy's. Yeah. Is that still, I think that, Scruffy oh, no, Murphy's? Is that, is that still thing? there? I don't know. Opposite Three Wives? <laughs> I don't know. Many, many. That's, where, that's where I'll be Sunday. Yeah. Scruffy Murphy's. Irish fans, we'll see you at Scruffy Murphy's in our <laughs> rugby report card shirts on Sunday. Um, and then social media blackout for three or four days. And then we'll do a podcast with Richard. Yeah. Yeah. And he will feel so guilty that England won. He'll yeah. be nice about it. Yeah. Because he's a you nice watch, Yeah. Because yeah. he's a lovely fella. <laughs> so he'll just be like, look, in all, in all seriousness, England played pretty poorly. And we weren't deserving of that win. Yeah. And that'll make us feel better. So <laughs> and thank we'll you, definitely Richard. lose next week. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for tuning in. If you're in our second round of shirts, they're on the way. They've been posted. Um, if you sent us the wine, good man. Yeah, cheers. Fern, you're my hero, mate. Delicious. Yeah. Thank you very much. Loved you and always have here. Well, not yeah. always. No. Actually, I'm not actually. I felt right. something. I just didn't realise it was love for Vern until a couple of minutes ago. <laughs> well, thanks for tuning in, guys. Everyone.